0: Hey everyone, it's Jeff from Modern Combat and Survival, and who says that prepping for combat can't be fun? Today I'm going to show you how I use my favorite sport to be able to prep for real world combat. Check this out.
1: firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. This, this is another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is Modern Combat and Survival.
0: Okay, everyone, it's Jeff Anderson, editor for Modern Combat and Survival Magazine, and I still have the microphone for another week here before we start getting into some more of our expert interviews. And, and one of the things I thought I would do is is share with you a little bit of, of my life, and one of the things that I like to do in my spare time, I don't just spend all my time at the computer, but one of the things that I really like to do is play paintball with my son. And there's a local paintball place near us that, uh, that's re- got some really great courses out and everything, and I um, and really enjoy going out there and having a blast. My son's 13 years old and he loves it and everything. And so a few weeks ago, I got a uh, brand new paint—well, not a brand new, but I got a paintball marker or a paintball gun. Uh, we call it a paintball marker at a garage sale. It was a $500 paintball marker for $50. And I was really psyched about it. So we decided to go take it for a run over at the paintball arena. And I thought, well, you know what? There's so much there's there is some crossover with the tactics that you use for paintball and real world, real world combat, in the way that I trained and the way that I fought when I was in the military. Now there are also some things that don't really jive with paintball, like you know if you're behind some bushes and somebody shoots you, shoots, tries to shoot you with a paintball marker, and it hits the sh- the shrubs and it, and it splatters, it doesn't count. It doesn't count as a hit in paintball. However, in real life. Bullets tend to go through bushes pretty easily. So there are some things that you definitely have to take into account when you're looking at paintball, but there's also a lot of really great crossovers. So what I thought I'd do is I thought I'd share with you five of the best secrets that I know from the paintball field and how they apply to real world combat and being able to defend yourself, especially when you're looking at like with a, with a rifle in any sort of open or urban even uh, combat. So um, let's I thought I'd just knock out five of these and share with you some of the things that uh, my my son and I have fun with out in the paintball field. So the rule number one, uh, these aren't actually rules, but but tip number one is that a fat soldier is a dead soldier. And if you've ever been if you guys have ever been in the military or obviously you can just you can just kind of understand that. You know, when you're looking at running across the field or running from one building to another or from behind a car to another car in actual combat, the longer it takes you to get there, the easier a target you're going to be. And so the more weight that you have on you, the slower you're going to be the better of a target you're going to be and the more likely you are to die. That's why the military has a fitness program. That's why they force you to meet your height and weight standards, which actually are pretty they're pretty lenient. I mean you can be they get to pretty good size. In fact I was the the weight control NCIC and master fitness trainer for my units that I was assigned to in the in the infantry. And you know you can get away with quite a bit. But on the On the battlefield, you're not going to. And we've gone out to the paintball field and I've taken a good friend of mine who has some extra pounds on him. Hopefully he's not going to be listening to this, to this, uh, this broadcast. But he swore that he was, he was big, but he was super fast and I would never hit him. And the honest to God truth is, like, I, I could see him coming Kind of waddling through the gullies and stuff, he was really easy to pick off. I mean, try standing behind a tree. You know what, you, just because you can't see me, you're, I can see the belly that's sitting out there. It's not that hard to hit. So the same thing goes on in, in real life. This is why We have a fitness program in the military. And so if you are carrying on some extra pounds and yet you love to go out to the range and you love to take your rifle out there and and even hunting, I mean, you you just you feel like you're an expert marksman. Well, you can't just hunker down and try and and defend yourself in one location. Most of the time, the the dynamics around you, the enemy around you is going to be moving. They're trying to get a better position on you. So you're going to have to move to another location. Now I'm very quick and I know that I can I know I can get a good 10 yards before anybody can really shoot me. As long as they don't know where my position is or sometimes even if they do but they're not expecting me. I can get up very quickly, I can sprint very quickly, slide into place and get behind cover um before anybody is able to shoot me. Okay? That only comes from being not carrying on the extra weight. But also, not carrying on a lot of extra gear, so this is the other thing, so even if you are in great shape, if you 're wearing something like a um, a bulletproof vest or you 've got all this extra ammo on you you 've got communications equipment you 've got your bug out bag and things like that it 's going to weigh you down it 's going to make you slower so where you might look out there and see, "Oh, I think I can get fifteen yards, you might only be able to get to five yards. You might only have cover like you might need to find something that 's much closer to you because the way we look at it, we always said in the military. You're up. He sees you. You're down. That's it. You only have a few seconds. You're up. He sees you. In other words, he's he's getting ready to put put rounds on you. You're down. So that's about as long as you have to be able to expose yourself before you somebody's going to hit you. So definitely if you if you know you've got a few extra pounds to lose, this is the worst time of year to do it. Right. You're heading into the holidays. But um, it definitely is a life or death factor when it comes to defending yourself. And I say that even in like whether it's a home invasion or anything or even a fight. The more fit you are, the better your survivability. Period. Okay? So there's your there's your self-check number one. All right. Okay, tip number two actually also has to do with prepping yourself, but it has more to do with your gear than your body. Because there are some things that can help you. Gear-wise, and there are some things that can actually unexpectedly become more of a deterrent for you and make things even harder for you. And I'll I'll do this as an example. So I remember the first time I landed into actual combat, um, it was it was it was really hot. I was really sweaty, and I was wearing my my catch me screw me glasses (laughs) from the military. And I remember that it was really frustrating because although it never seemed to happen to me in training. I don't know whether it was just the adrenaline was going on that you know it was my very first firefight and everything was that I couldn't see out of my glasses. They just kept fogging up, and so I uh it, it was really frustrating trying to fire and and all and have make sure I have my my bandana so I could keep wiping off my glasses at the same time and it, and it was it wasn't just frustrating. It was life or death frustrating because I knew that it was really limiting my ability to defend myself and defend my, my fellow squad members. And so I learned very quickly and I started looking for ways that I could, I could take care of that. So one trick that I learned was to use toothpaste, a gel toothpaste and rub it on glasses. And that helps to keep them from fogging up. So inside of a, on the paintball field, I've got a, I, I have a, a mask that has a fan in it that uh, works sometimes, but I also take the lenses and I also put toothpaste on them. So if you wear glasses or if you, um, if you wear goggles or anything like that, then you're going to, uh you're going to want to make sure that they don't fog up. Now, the other part of that is if you don't wear glasses or if you don't wear goggles, then you should definitely think about wearing one of those, either some sort of safety wraparound glasses or goggles themselves. Now goggles to me get really sweaty. Um, so I like to wrap around glasses better. Um, one, I wear contact lenses. So um, I haven't I don't have LASIK surgery. I'd like to get LASIK surgery, but saving up for that. But the um, but I have contacts and so I know that if something gets in my eyes or something like that and takes out of contact, I'm going to be blind in whatever eye that is. Again, that's going to limit my visibility. Not a good thing in an actual firefight, right? So I always make sure that I'm, that I'm wearing wraparound glasses, um, even inside of the mask. I'll always wear um, glasses even inside of the mask. So the other thing is that if you've ever been at, like, the beach and you get, like, a piece of sand in your eye, how much that hurts, And it can really, like your eye will start tearing uncontrollably. There'll be lots of pain. And again, if you can't see anything, you're not going to be able to see to be able to shoot as well as to be able to defend yourself. So you want to get yourself a set of really good high impact safety glasses that you can, that, that are wrap around so that they'll guard you from the side as well as from the front to be able to use and get used to using them out on the uh, out on the field, I, this is another reason why I wear them on the paintball field, because if I'm ever in actual uh, a firefight, I'm not going to be wearing a mask. I'm not going to be wearing my, my paintball mask with a fan inside of it. I'm going to have my, my goggles, my glasses on, but that's about it. Okay, so you need some sort of eye protection. And the other piece of equipment that I really like wearing now is um, a pair of knee pads, And you can get this just like soccer pads will work fine. I like to use something really low profile um, because I like to put it underneath my clothes. So I think especially in a survival scenario, you know, you don't want to be walking around looking like an umpire, you know, where you have you have knee pads on or anything like that. That's going to make you look like a target. But make you look militant, like some sort of jacked up police officer, like SWAT guy or something. So what you want to do, though, is find something low profile enough that you can wear it underneath your your pants so that nobody can see it. But if you ever have to quickly get down um, in any sort of a scenario, whether somebody starts firing and you have to quickly find cover, I can tell you I've racked my my knees before, and again, if you can't, if you can't move, if you twist an ankle, or if you twist, if you slam a knee, you you uh, you you bang your kneecap, and you and you can't walk. That's again going to limit your movement. That's going to make you a sitting duck. So I always wear a pair of knee pads underneath my pants so that I can slide into, uh, you know, if I need to go into cover, if I need to duck into cover, or anything like that. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna mess up my. Um, mess mess up my knees when I do that okay so um, so another little tip that you can uh, you can use there, okay, okay, all right, so I've got three more really cool lessons learned from the paintball field for the battlefield
1: coming right up,
0: but first, check out this special message <laughs>
1: In any disaster, crisis or attack, your life and the life of those you love could solely rest on the survival gear you've acquired. Do you have the proper gear to protect you from the threats you'll face? Whether it's preparing your home against the destruction and mayhem of a city in chaos, or you're bugging out to a safer location when a natural disaster forces you from your home, the supplies you have right now could ensure your survival or seal your fate. Don't take the risk. Claim your free copy of our exclusive guide, Survival Gear Secrets, at survivalgearsecrets.com and discover the seven-phase survival gear plan every family must prepare for or face the consequences. Five no-bullshit warning signs that a collapse is headed your way, so you're already in action long before your neighbors even know what hit them. And how to know exactly when it's safer to stay at home and shelter in place. Or get in the family bug-out mobile and get the hell out of Dodge. Your fellow citizens may be fine with sleeping in a crowded stadium waiting for FEMA to hand them a granola bar, juice box, and a blankie. But you know that no one can protect your family better than you can. If you're properly prepared with the right supplies and equipment to ensure your survival. Don't wait until it's too late. Find out what's missing from your survival gear plan by grabbing your free copy of Survival Gear Secrets now at www.survivalgearsecrets.com. And now, back to our show.
0: Okay, we're back with Battlefield Lessons from the paintball field. And so the tip number three that I have for you, uh, when when last we left our interview, well, I'm not really interviewing myself, but when last we left, left this broadcast, uh, we're basically ducking into cover to be able to avoid getting shot. Okay, now, so tip number three has to do with how to use cover to your advantage. Now, we're not talking about concealment. Concealment is where you have something that hides your position. It might even be a bush. Nobody can see you, but it's not actual cover. If somebody were to shoot at you in real life, those bullets would go through the bush. In paintball, it most likely the bush would even stop it. That works fine on the paintball field, doesn't work in real life. So we're not talking about concealment here. We're talking about actual cover. Okay. So the first thing is, you want to find something that's gonna that um, that you want to know what your cover is going to be before you get there. As we said earlier, you have only a few seconds before you you actually are going to be exposed and targeted. All right. So you're up, he sees you, you're down. That's it. That's only going to give you about 7 to 10 yards if you're fast to be able to get to your next position. So when you're looking for cover, don't look at that, you know, getting behind that car uh, that's 20 yards away and just figuring you're going to make a run for it. You're up. He sees you. You're dead. That's it from that point on. I mean, it doesn't matter how fast you are, especially if you're carrying a rifle and you have other equipment with you. OK. So you want to find cover that's very close to you that you can get to. In fact, one of my favorite moves, if I can find something really close that's in a better position, so if I can find cover that's near other cover, is to do a roll. So this is kind of like the the opening scene from the first Lethal Weapon with Mel Gibson, where he goes down and he's kind of shooting and rolling at the same time, kind of like when you you were a kid and you used to go to the top of the hill and you used to lay down on your side and roll down the hill like that. I find that to be an extremely uh, useful maneuver to be able to get to my next cover position because mostly people are looking for you to stand up or be able to run to something like that. What I found is that if I, I can quickly roll and I make a very low profile target when I'm rolling, so somebody really has to be able to shoot a very small uh, target very quickly, identify it and quickly shoot it. So that's a very useful technique that I use. I actually didn't plan on sharing that one, not like it's my top secret, but, uh, it is a very effective move. Okay. Um, but once you get to your location, um, this is some of the biggest mistakes that I see being made on the paintball field where it's, um, where you're in close quarters. Okay. So usually in combat, typically, especially if you're using rifles and things like that, you're usually a little bit further away, unless it's like urban terrain, you're going house to house or you've got alleyways and things like that. But in open terrain, The paintball field is very close quarters. And so I use I can always spot the rookies who who don't know what they're doing and how to use cover. And they're very easy to pick off one by one. Okay, so one thing is typically if there's a low ground cover, if it's a if it's a board or a 55, you know, gallon drum area or even a car or something like that, they'll pop their heads up over top of it. That's the worst place for you to be able to look and see where you know, the enemy is or to pop up and try and shoot anybody. Because if you pop up over top of something, you basically anybody that's in that's in your field of view can shoot you at that point, whereas opposed to if you pop out on the left or on the right side of a barrier that you're using for cover, then you're only limited to the exposure on that side. So it limits it by quite a bit to be able to limit your exposure. So I see guys popping up over the top of there pick them off really, really easily. Um, the other thing though, even the people that know how to, you know, they pop out to the left or to the right, they do this, what we call the TikTok. And that's where it's a very programmable, they, they pop out, they look for maybe a second or so, and they pop back in. They pop back out, look for a second or so, pop back in. And they, they do this because they didn't get shot the first time, so they feel like it's safe, and so it's, it's a programmable response. And so you can almost basically, you, if they if they 're doing it every two seconds or so, once they pop their head back in, you wait one second and just start start shooting in the in the same location where their head is they pop out they get a face full of paint, so the same thing when you're looking to when you 're behind cover, you want to get used to very a very fast maneuver where you where you pop your head out. And so with this, it's almost like you're taking a mental picture with your eyes, okay? So I like to go low also because people tend to, if, especially if, you're, if you are if you're run behind cover, um, especially if it's like a wall, like the side of a building or something like that, they're expecting you to come out at standing distance. So I like to pop out low, take a quick snapshot of the area, and pop back in. Don't don't pop back out at the same interval that you just popped back in. And you've got to know where – Um, you've got to be able to get a view of everything right then and there. Now, the secret to that is you're looking for landmarks. You're not necessarily looking for people. The people that are are going to come in your field of view, if there's an enemy out there, if they're shooting, or if you see somebody out there, they're going to be, um, you know, your, your peripheral vision is going to pick them up. What you're looking for is some sort of a landmark. So, um, it might be a pole it might be a, a vehicle it might be the corner of a building or something like that and that mental picture that you take um, what you're looking for is because it's going to be harder for especially if that if that target is moving or if they might not be in that same spot it's going to be hard for you to come back out and identify that pinpoint target of where that person was but with that with that snapshot that you take that barrier or that that um, that landmark is not going to move So when you come out to fire, you're actually zeroing in on the landmark itself, and then you'll naturally adjust to where that target was, and you can start to fire. So so we use this a lot also, especially because on the paintball field there's lots of different uh there's lots of different landmarks. There's like fifty-five gallon drums out there and things like that. So that what that does is it allows you to quickly um identify your target so that you can start zeroing in on what the actual target is. I mean so you, you can quickly orient on the landmark and then zero in on a target that you have. Okay. Um okay, tip number four um has to do with urban terrain. So I um with with urban terrain, it's a to me it's a lot trickier um you have a lot better cover because you do have vehicles if you if you use vehicles right um you have vehicles you have buildings you have windows and things like that but again this is one of those things where you can actually harm yourself as well so what i've seen a lot of people do is they get inside of a structure and then they get right to where the window is they get right up on the window and start shooting out of the window and they feel like they have pretty good pretty good cover there but typically that's easy to see from the side. So anybody that's on your flank is going to is going to quickly see where you're firing from, and typically also see where your blind spot is. So you limit your field of view. I see a lot of people kind of duck in the the corner of a window to limit their um, their exposure. So they just kind of they kind of pop in that corner of the window, feel like they've got. Really good cover, and then they start shooting in their, in their field of view. But again, that's really easy to ambush somebody in that, in that kind of a position. Okay, so what you really want to do is you want to get back away from the window, as long as you have room behind, inside that structure. You want to get back away from that window about three to ten feet. And what this does is it doesn't take away your field of view. So you have the same field of view, Uh, Almost the same, almost the same field of view. So if you're back a little bit, you've got a little bit on the left and right that you might not be able to see. But what it does is it severely limits everyone else's field of view of of you. So that makes you a harder target. But it also allows you to adjust left and right much easier inside that structure and be able to hit other people. So it gives you a clear advantage inside of a structure, inside of a building, when you're that far away from the window. So that's kind of contrary to what most people would do. In fact, I've seen it. Most people don't use it that way, and they get picked off at the same time. The other thing is to try and find high ground if you can. So uh, that gives you what that does is it gives you a better field of view, everything beyond you. And, uh, and what happens is when people are on a firefight down low, they typically don't look high. Most people do not look up when they're in a firefight unless they're being fired, fired on from above. But getting up, getting the high ground gives you a really good bird's eye view. It's harder for people to have any sort of cover because you have an upward angle. It forces them to crouch down lower and they have to come up to be able to fire. So it puts them in a much more defensive position. You in a better offensive position, and especially as you're shooting from above, it again limits your your exposure for them to be able to shoot you. So I always like to get the high ground, but I also like to also have a an, an escape route as well. So if you're pre-planning any sort of a defensive position, if you are, let's say it's a, a situation where you're in a let's go into survival scenario. So you're in a city, you're in the home. Uh, you're, you're in your, your town, if you can get to the high ground of a ceiling and have an exit, okay, then that's a really good position. You can get a bird's eye view, of everything that's going on, especially if you can get to a corner building in a town so you can see down both sides or different different roads at the same time. But again, you want to make sure that you have an escape route because as we've seen in real survival scenarios, fire is the weapon of the enemy. And all it takes is one Molotov cocktail to set a building on fire. You don't want to be on the rooftop trying to figure out how you're going to get down when everything is ablaze underneath you. OK, so uh, so try and get to high ground if you possibly can. OK, and the last tip that I have is is something that I don't see a lot of people do, and that is working as a team. And on the paintball field, typically what you'll get are a lot of people that are kind of newbies there. They don't really know what they're doing. They even come with their friends. And it's pretty much every man or woman for themselves. And everybody just kind of, you kind of take your own, your own way. If, if I'm going that route and if I'm not with my son, then typically I, if I know I'm going Rambo, then what I'll do is I'll, I'll use the, the go time as the my ability to get up to a flanking position as far up as I possibly can and most of the time I can get really far up very quickly I can sprint up and get to a good position but that's that's also hurt me sometimes in the past because if everybody else around you doesn't know what they're doing then all of a sudden you have nobody to provide you any cover fire or anything like that and so that's that's not a good place to be so The best possible thing you can do is to have a team that you're working with, somebody that can provide cover fire for you. So now when you need to get to your cover, your next cover position to be able to move up to a better position, you can signal through the use of hand signals or radio communications equipment that you need, that you're going to use cover fire. You tell them where to direct it, where your, where your biggest threat is. They put down cover fire. You get to your next position. Okay, that makes it much easier to obviously to get to your next position. And the other thing it does is allows you to maneuver up on the enemy. So anytime you can get to a, a flanking position where you can get, you can force them to change their orientation. Okay, so especially if you have somebody that's like kind of in a defensive position, they, they know the, the corridor that you're going to be going up. They know where you're, you're coming in from. If you can force them to change their position, it puts them in a, in a, uh, a disadvantage. Now, the key to this though is the communication that you have with your other team members, especially when it comes to live fire, not so much with paint, with paintball, but there are times where we have two teams going up the left and the right and firing in on the same position. Well, with paintball, those, that paint stops when it hits somebody or hits a rock. However, you don't want to be firing across from fellow teammates of yours that, There could be ricochets with those bullets and all of a sudden now you, you're, you've got, you've got friendly fire and you got fratricide. You shoot somebody that is on your team. That's not what you want to do. So you need to work as a team. You need to have a plan before you go into it and be able to know what you're going to do and what you're not going to do. So don't go off on the right, you know, nobody go to the right side. Take, have somebody grab some, some high ground. At the very beginning, provide cover fire when needed. And, and that person might not fire other than when they're providing cover fire so that they're not giving away their position early on and things like that. So, but it does require a plan. Now, there's all sorts of tactics that you'd be working as a small squad, as a team, that do require practice and it does, re- it does require you to, you know, really learn. And so, paintball is a great opportunity for you to be able to practice those small squad tactics to be able to learn by getting hit with paintball instead of real bullets. Okay. So I highly recommend that you also go and just grab some of your buddies, just go and learn. I mean, just plan on getting hit a lot. Okay. And they have all the equipment at the paintball field. You can rent all the equipment. It's really inexpensive. And you'll, what you'll, do is you'll have, um, and, and this is the number one thing I, I try to tell everybody. If you're just starting out with paintball, is the person, the the um, the person that you have that's going to be escorting you from each one of the arenas and is going to be your basically your chaperone from the paintball arena itself, the the ref, if you will. Um, that person is going to be your your biggest treasure trove of secrets because typically they're paintball gurus and and just nuts. They're just paintball nuts. And so, and they know the lay of the land. So, if you ask them what's the best position on this field and things like that, you'll start learning quickly why that's the best position or what gave that the best um, tactical advantage over the other over the other positions that were out there. So, so use the people who are there. Plan on getting shot. Plan on uh, plan on it hurting, and just having a day of fun, and learning a lot about squad tactics at the same time. Okay, so. That's, those are some of the biggest mistakes I see people make. So I mean, right there, just those five tips, uh, other than you know taking on an exercise program, all the other ones are things that you can actually bring to and learn right there on the paintball field. And if you're just starting out, or if you just want to go out and have fun for uh, for a couple of uh, for a couple of days, then uh, those tips will help you kind of you know avoid those rookie mistakes that so many people make that make it a very short game. So go ahead and uh, and hopefully you jotted those down and hopefully you get something out of those. But again, when you're on a paintball, although it's fun, think of it like it's real. All right. So don't take the chances. This is the other thing I see people doing is like they'll just do like a Rambo sprint down the middle of the field, charging and screaming or thing like I know it's fun, but but think of it like it's a real a real uh, attack. Think of it's like it's 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 life or death. And use that adrenaline and work on those tactics and see what you can and can't get away with. I mean, this is a great opportunity to do it. Okay. All right. So, uh, so those are the five tips that I got. And after coming back from a really cool paintball, paintball weekend with my son and, uh, until the next broadcast, it's Jeff Anderson saying train hard, stay safe, prepare now.